Welcome to With a Twist, the number one parenting show on the planet. In an era where the majority of children are not asking what they want to be when they grow up, but instead what they want to be when they give up, With a Twist will help you raise hopeful, thriving, engaged, and confident children. Be the parent you've always wanted to be using With a Twist's signature success system. With a Twist is the only parenting podcast that will enable the everyday parent have peace of mind while navigating the school system and life. Give your child the opportunity to thrive instead of just barely survive. And now, the founder of With a Twist, Amber Scotchburn. Hi, it's Amber Scotchburn, and are you ready to get twisted with me today? I wanted to talk to you about how you feel about wealth. Do you feel that you're already wealthy? Do you tell your children that are you wealthy? What if you looked at defining wealth differently? And here's why. I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I'm sure you've heard of it because we consider it the center of the universe. (laughs) I had aspirations to be wealthy. This to me meant owning a beautifully decorated detached house, driving a nice car, having a Monday to Friday job with benefits, taking my allotted vacations every year in cottage country, and dressing my kids in cute Gap outfits. This was before Facebook, but if there was the time of Facebook, probably I would have wanted them to be on Facebook in these cute Gap outfits. (laughs) If you flip back to statements that I've said in other podcasts from the last two on money, you'll know that... I really had some interesting mindsets about money in that I grew up with being told we can't afford that. I therefore thought money was really scarce and treated it that way. So things like money doesn't go on trees was taught to me or told to me. Financial security comes from having a good job and a steady paycheck. And as I mentioned, we can't afford that. At 22, I had bought my own condo, which I traded in two years later for a townhouse. And then two years later, I traded that in for a semi-detached house. The semi-detached house was beautifully painted, filled with lovely furniture. And I was on my way to a detached house at a very early age. I drove a brand new canary yellow Mazda 5. And I worked as a high school teacher, which was perfect, as it was a secure Monday to Friday government job with benefits. I had vacations with my son. I was a single parent at that time, just with my one son. And we could go to the cottage country in Ontario. And while my son let me dress him, (laughs) he did wear cute matching Gap outfits. I even have pictures to prove it. They're just not up on Facebook because, as I mentioned, Facebook wasn't around. I worked hard. All through high school and my two degrees in university, I worked one to three jobs. Once I was a teacher, I took extra courses so I could go up with a pay scale And then I taught extra courses, so night school and summer school. I went back to work when my first son was only four months. I was always researching and implementing all the cutting new ways of teaching, new curriculum, brand new programs within our school system. I commuted two cities over from where I lived to be able to afford the house I did. 
and I was really good with my money, and that I didn't indulge in a lot of extras, and the only debt I had was my mortgage. Remember, I was the one who had a scarcity mindset around money and thought maybe I should more hold on to it than spend it. So I was fortunate, though, because I didn't have the I have to have a Starbucks latte every day or the newest coach purse. However, I did see the majority of people surrounding me were certainly in the wheel of wealth attainment, I like to call it. So that wheel where you just keep buying and buying more things and you're sort of never satisfied because there's always something else to buy. So everyone around me had some pretty significant debt and I was the exception in that case. But you will notice that I didn't really live life right? I had this Monday to Friday job. I took extra courses myself to go up the pay scale. I then taught night school and summer school to go up the pay scale and to have more money and to attain this house. I commuted two cities over. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Toronto Toronto traffic, but Toronto traffic, (laughs) try saying that a couple times, Uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, If you're in any main city around the world, you'll be able to relate. And so this commute, although I did take the back roads and country roads, uh, ate up a huge chunk of my day. So where was I living life? My vacation, great. I had the two months in the summer, but guess what? Everybody else was going to cottage country. All other million or however many people there were in Toronto at that time all driving to the cottage country at the same time. So how much was I really living my life? My children's father and I at this point got together and we decided for a variety of reasons to move from Ontario to British Columbia. So maybe Google that if you're not from Canada. Um, Ontario is in the middle of Canada and BC, British Columbia is five provinces over if you're looking at the map to the left, so west, and it's right on the ocean. I was under the impression that I would move to BC and I would get a teaching job like how I normally am. I researched the area we were moving to. I saw that they had a high school that worked with at-risk kids, which is my forte and my passion. Um, I thought we'd use the money that we sold the house and the furniture for in Ontario to buy a new house and new furniture. And we'd go on to building that same life we had in Ontario. So, you know, now two-parent family, um, we had two kids at this point, and we would get a house and I would have my teaching job and all would be right in the world. Then life happened to me. Who can relate to me (laughs) that life has happened to them and it changes and what you thought it was going to be like, it isn't. So my children's father and I separated and we hadn't gotten together too long before we actually moved from Ontario to BC and we didn't last very long once we had made that move. I went to check the bank account that had our house money in it because at this point we had sold our Ontario house and put it in a bank account. We weren't supposed to be touching that bank account because it was going to be the money to help us buy a new house. However, I went to the bank and it was nearly empty. And I was told I couldn't get a teaching job in BC until people would start retiring, which wouldn't be for years. So I ended up renting a two-bedroom, upper-level apartment that had 50-year-old furniture and was above an old mechanic's bay where the mechanic used to live. So he'd work in the bay in the day, which was underneath where we lived, and then he would come up to this two-bedroom apartment that was on top of the mechanic bay. 
To say the apartment needed a good clean would have been an understatement. It was filthy. Like, I cannot really actually describe to you how dirty it was. And the furniture was lacking in comfort. I would say especially the bed, 50-year-old bed, um, and two bedrooms. So it was my son and, or sorry, my two sons and myself. And uh, it was interesting. We actually all ended up in the bed together a lot of nights at the beginning because it was pretty hard. Um, and then I decided that uh, because I couldn't get a job, well, I should start his business, right? And I did do some research into what people do do on the island for work. And a lot of people do start their own businesses. Except the stats were that a lot of people don't keep them after five years. Five years to get to five years was a significant feat in running your own business. Um, and then actually to make money off it was even a bigger or larger feat. Um this starting of a business meant I had no secure work, pay, or benefits. Luckily, I had started on my conscientious path prior to this happening, and while this was happening, it became a lot more clear. It was one of the reasons I chose to leave their dad was because I was starting on this conscious path. So thank goodness for that, because what ended up happening is my son during this process of moving into this two-bedroom apartment above a mechanic's bay that was filthy in a 50-year-old bed. And, you know, remember what we came from. We came from a beautiful home in Ontario, beautifully decorated, beautiful furniture, painted, beautiful new car, all the things, all the material things. So through this process, my eldest son turned to me and asked me if we were poor. In that split second I had before answering him, I realized that my attitude needed to change. So while holding back the tears that really wanted to come flowing out, I knew I needed to find other ways to define wealth. So while my definition of wealth growing up was attainment of certain things, while I still had the I can't afford, you know, or we can't afford and money doesn't grow on trees and you need a secure job. And that was all pulled out from underneath me. Well, thankfully, like I said, I was on the path of being conscious, but this helped me be even more conscious because now I had to take care of my little man here and really needed to define a new way of wealth. Otherwise, he would have been thinking he was poor. And that mindset can lead to poor choices and other things. So I suggested to my son that I felt that we were wealthy in that I had time with him and his brother every single day. This son who was now about six or seven, when he was born, I only had four months at home with him before I went back to work so that I could attain, attain sorry, the wealth that I thought was wealth. And so wealth now, look at the time that I would get to spend with them. There was no rushing to work for a certain time or commuting two cities over every day. Instead, I had that time with them before and after school. I could attend their special functions at school. I could be there for them when they were sick or needed a mental health day. If you don't know, volunteering at your kid's school actually increases their grades and their likability for school tenfold. I wasn't able to do that as much as I was when I ran my own business or now I run my own business and I'm able to do that a lot and get really connected with their schools. 
I got to do what I loved every day, which is helping people. Now, I did get to do that in terms of teaching when I taught and had my full-time job. However, like any corporation that's run a certain way, there is a lot of politics that go with that, a lot of red tape, a lot of things that my hands were tied to really be able to help kids. When I get to do that in my own business, well, I'm running the corporation, right? I'm the principal. I can get to say what I need to say to help a family move through something or to help a child move through something. I also was creating the company based on what I saw that did work and that didn't work. And so the things that I could identify that didn't work in the school system, I got to create this company that helps families navigate through that. How exciting was that? And you know what, since I've been doing that for years now, it's truly an amazing experience. We also lived in the most beautiful place. We still do live here, Vancouver Island. Google it, it's in Canada, it's so gorgeous. Every single day, I feel like I'm in a movie set because I'll catch a glimpse of the ocean or the mountains. There's like five lakes within walking distance from our house. It is purely phenomenal. And, you know, in Ontario, I thought I was living the life. I thought driving to the cottage country with the other million plus people that all left Toronto at the same time on the one highway to get to cottage country too was crazy because I can just be there now from my front door. So we have a community where really it's a country feel with city amenities. People know your name. It's a small community, but not small enough that, you know, you don't have some distance. You can go skiing and swimming and do golf in the same day. And you feel connected where you go. And, you know, that was very important to me in having a family. But I couldn't have identified that because I didn't have it before. We have access to resources that helped us so the children could still participate in their extracurricular activities. And and moms and dads out there that are low income, take note of this. Really know that there are community supports and resources out there that can help you get your kids what they need. Because I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but income levels do affect how success ready a child is. Low-income mothers have more financial and day-to-day stress, and they don't have necessarily the resources to keep up with intensive parenting expectations, right? And the um, somebody to bounce ideas off necessarily or to relieve some of their burden. So that would make a lot of sense. Thankfully, we do know if you've listened to a past podcast that it's quality time that parents need to be spending with their kids regardless. So don't get stressed out or feel guilty about the amount of time because just do quality time with them. However, what we do need to be aware of is that more so than quality or quantity time, income and a mother's educational level are most strongly associated with a child's future success. So if you are a low-income parent and you don't want your child to have the effects of what that is, Look at your community resources. Community resources can aid both the mother and the child to support healthy and mental physical states, and then they can compensate or make up for socioeconomic differences that a low-income person might have. So there is hope. There is always, always hope. Looking for resources that are out there in your community. Look for the people that are out there in community. So for instance, when my children 
and I were on our own and I didn't have a full-time job, I was just starting my business, I looked around for what community resources there were to help me. And it was amazing once you start to open your eyes to what exists out there. Um, I had amazing family and friends that came and stood at my side. You know, they're the ones that found the apartment to run to rent, sorry. And they're the ones that uh, helped secure the furniture for us. And we just needed furniture, right, at that point. So who cares if it was 50-year-old? I had friends that went and did that. And as I just mentioned, community resources, my children still got to go to the dentist and they still got to participate in extracurricular events because I told my story and I wasn't ashamed or embarrassed of it. And I knew that by sharing and figuring out what resources did exist, that was only going to be beneficial for my kids. So I didn't want our low income to affect their future or their present. So I made choices to access different resources. So I invite you to do the same thing. Um, going back to wealth, right? I had the freedom to think for myself and decide what was best for us as a family and not have it dictated to me. When you work for a corporation, you have it dictated to you. So if you needed vacation time as an employee, you didn't necessarily get that when you wanted it. And uh, I wrote a book and I wrote it in Mexico this year. So how cool is that? Now, yes, that took a couple of years to get to the fact that I could do that. But in that moment where my kids were, my oldest son in particular was asking me if we were poor, holy man, I had to look at that, right? No, we're wealthy and that we get this freedom to decide. We do have health and access to programs that I just mentioned. Amazing friends and families that you can build to support around you. So in my son asking me that question, I really realized that how I had previously defined wealth was based on this constant strive for material possessions. And I really knew that I needed to redefine that and not compare myself to those around me, good or bad, right? Because everything's just different, not good or bad. And I needed to model that for my kids. I needed to be happy and grateful with where we were at and shift my son to thinking, hey, look at how wealthy we are in so many ways. And why does material possessions or why do material possessions have to define wealth? They don't. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with me today at With a Twist. Please don't forget to give me a five-star rating on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. As well as follow me on Facebook at Amber Scotchburn. Thanks so much.